Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchi. There's only one role in Chat Club, and that is everybody talks about Chat Club. Welcome to episode 15 in Chat Club. In this episode, I'm gonna explore bullying in the workplace, the negative impacts, and also some helpful coping mechanisms to deal with bullying in the workplace. So firstly, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank my first sponsors on my podcast. So they're local sponsors. I want to thank River City Fitness Club along with Eastern Tile and Carpet and joining Chat Club in breaking the silence and stigma on mental health. Thank you very much for your sponsors this week. So when we get into bullying, we first have to understand the definition of bullying. In the Canadian Centre of Occupational Health and Safety, there's a pretty good definition that the Government of Canada has released on their website. So what is workplace bullying? Bullying is usually seen as acts or verbal comments that can mentally hurt or isolate a person in the workplace. Sometimes bullying can involve negative physical contact as well. Bullying is usually involves repeated incidents or a pattern of behavior that is intended to intimidate, offend, degrade, or humiliate a particular person or a group of people. It has also been described as an assertion of power through aggression. So that's kind of the definition from the Canadian website here. So is bullying a workplace issue? Absolutely. Yes, undeniably. And also Canadian Centre of Occupational Health also thinks so. So definitely is an issue. So it's a social issue. It impacts a lot of people. So workplace bullying is harmful. You have targeted behavior that happens at work. It can be spiteful, offensive, mocking, intimidating. It forms a pattern, tends to be directed at one person or a group of people. So there's a lot of different things. And I understand there's many studies out there that have talked about bullying. And there's a lot of stats and I've seen anywhere from different things like 40 to 50%. But I'll get into that in a little bit. Now we want to identify bullying in the workplace. Bullying can be subtle. One helpful way to identify bullying is to consider how others might be viewing what's happening in the workplace. This can depend at least partially on the circumstances and then what it happens. If most people see it as a specific behavior, unreasonable, unjust, it's usually considered bullying. I've kind of seen a website on Healthline that kind of talks about uh, types of bullying. I'm just going to go through them. I kind of like how they're set up. We have types of bullying. We have verbal. This can include mockery, humiliation, jokes, gossip, or other spoken abuse. Intimidating. This includes threats, social exclusion in the workplace, spying, or other evasions of privacy. Another one is related to work performance. Examples including wrongful blaming, work sabotage, interfering, or stealing, or taking credit for their ideas, other people's ideas. Happens a lot. Retaliatory. In some cases, talking about the bullying can lead to accusations of lying, further exclusion, refused promotions, or other retaliation. It can happen. Institutional. Institutional bullying happens when a workplace accepts, allows, 
even encourages bullying to take place. This bullying might include unrealistic production goals, forced overtime, singling out those who can't keep up. Bullying is a behavior that is repeated over time. It sets apart from harassment, which is also which is often limited to single instance. Persistent harassment be, be, can become bullying since harassment refers to an action toward a protective group. It's illegal, unlike bullying. So early signs of bullying can very much vary through the time. Here's some examples. If you notice coworkers may be quiet or leave the room when you walk in, or they simply ignore you. You may be left out of the office culture, chit-chat, parties, or team luncheons, or other functions. Your supervisor or manager might be checking on you often, asking you to meet multiple times in a week without any clear reason. You may be asked to do new tasks or tasks outside your typical duties without training or even help, when, even if you request some help or training. It may seem like your work is frequently monitored to the point where you begin to doubt yourself or have difficulty with your regular tasks. You become overwhelmed with everything. You may be asked to do a difficult or seemingly pointless task to be ridiculed or criticized when you cannot get them done. You may notice a pattern of your documents, files, or other related items or personal belongings seem to be going missing. These incidents may seem random at first, but if they continue, you may have to worry something did cause them or fear that you'll be fired or demoted. So thinking about work even on your off time may cause anxiety or dread dreadful. I've had that. That's the biggest thing you have to look at. So, I mean, you look at different things and you look at the bullying and it happens on a daily basis. Who gets bullied and who does the bullying? So again, on the helpline here, there's a good study that uh, was done in 2017, I know it's three years later to where we are today, but it probably reflects probably pretty accurately. Anyone who bullies others. About 70% of the bullies are males, and about 30% are female. Both male and female bullies are more likely to target women. 61% of bullies come from bosses or supervisors. 33% comes from coworkers. The remaining 6% occurs when people at lower employment levels bully their supervisors or others above them. Protected groups are bullied more frequently. Only 19% of bullied people are significant stats, isn't it? Bullying for managers might involve abuse of power, including negative performance reviews that aren't justified, shouting, threats, firing, insults, demotions, denying time off, transfer to another department. People who work at the same level often bully through gossip, work sabotage, criticism, bullying can occur between people who are closely together or it happens across departments. People also work in different departments can bully, more likely to bully through email or spreading rumors. Lower level employees can also bully. Those above, for example, continue, show continued disrespect for their manager, refuse to complete tasks, spread rumors about the manager, do things that make their manager seem incompetent. So, I mean, that's a few things. Research from the Workplace Bullying Institute. Uh, people believe that targets of bullying are more likely to be kind, compassionate, cooperative, and agreeable. Bullying may occur in more frequent in work environments that are stressful, changes frequently, have heavy workloads, unclear policies about employee behavior, 
have poor employee communication and relationships, have employees that are bored or worried about job security. Real negative impacts. Wow, absolutely. How can bullying affect your health? So bullying can have significant effects on your physical and your mental health. Leaving a job or changing departments could end the bullying, but it isn't always possible in life. You always, you know, you have your job. It's really hard to find other jobs in, in the world right now. Even when you can remove yourself from the bullying environment, the impact of bullying can last long after the bullying has stopped. Traumatic experiences or you just keep thinking about it. It can really affect you in various ways. The physical effects of bullying. So if you are getting bullying, you may experience feeling sick or anxious before work. When you're thinking about coming to work on a, you know, in the morning or at night when you're getting ready for bed, there's a lot of different things. Having physical symptoms such as digestive issues, high blood pressure, getting ulcers, various different things that can happen to you physically. You can also have a higher risk for type 2 diabetes because of the stressful impact on the work environment. As I said before, having trouble waking up or getting a quality sleep, having somatic symptoms such as headaches or decreased appetite. Now these are the physical symptoms that can happen with bullying. Now I'm going to get into the psychological uh, effects of bullying, which mental health affects. Thinking about and worrying about work constantly, even in your time off. Dreading work and wanting to stay home. Needing time off to recover from stress. Losing interest in things you usually like to do. Increased risk for depression and anxiety. Suicidal thoughts. Low self-esteem. Self-doubt. Wondering if you imagined the bullying. So, I mean, it does really affect people on a mental aspect and physical. Mental things that can happen and, and they have to work through it. I mean, this is pretty heavy stuff that can impact your workplace. And nobody wants to be in that type of position. How does bullying affect the workplace? Well, it affects it in a lot of different ways. Financial loss resulting in legal cost or bullying investigations. Decreased productivity and morale in the workplace. Increased employee sick time, absences, high turnover rates, poor team dynamics, reduced trust effort from loyal employees. These are some impacts, and this is mostly for the employers. This can happen. I want to get into the different things that, you know, I've talked about different aspects, the mental health, the anxiety, the depression, low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts by these people doing the bullying. So I want to get into the hopeful hints. What do you do if you're being bullied at work? Is there different ways that you can help some coping mechanisms that can help you? Absolutely, there's all kinds of them. Now, when we get into this, everyone talks about, oh, don't be a rat, don't be. But at the end of the day, you are the person that's going to work. You want a safe environment where you're working. You want to be stress-free, and the only stress you want is doing your work. And at times, hopefully, that's not stressful. A lot of times, it's your coworkers in the stressful environments that stress you out. It's not the work. I know in my workplace, sometimes it's your, my coworkers being negative, or you can see them having negative impacts and their attitude and behaviors. I've had some supervisors that have been really nasty, and it impacts you. It definitely does. You second guess yourself. You get into the no confidence. You're, and then you become a negative Nelly because you don't feel good about yourself. Don't feel good at work. You don't feel you're being a positive impact. 
So, I mean, these are various things that happen. So now I'm going to try to get in some helpful hints and some positive coping mechanisms. So what if you do if you're being bullied at work? When experiencing bullying, it's common to feel powerless, unable to stop thinking about it. If you stand up to the bully, you may be threatened or told no one will believe you. And if you're to manager, you may wonder who to tell. First, take a moment to remind yourself that bullying is never your fault. Absolutely not. Regardless of what triggered it. Even if someone bullies you to make you seem like you can't do your job, bullying is more about power and control, not about your ability to work. These people need to bully and take over and, and kind of, it's a power of control. They need to dominate people. To begin to take action against bullying, these are some of the progressive steps that you can take. Document the bullying. Keep a track of, track of all bullying actions in writing. Note the date, time, where the bullying took place, other people that were in the room is important because you need witnesses. And maybe these other people, sometimes people stay out of it because they don't want to be bullied. But if someone stands up and takes notice and says, you know what, I've had enough, I'm not taking this anymore, that is good. So when it really comes down to it, keeping documentation on the bullying is absolutely essential, I think. Making sure that you have your day's times, who, what, when, where, and what happened, and where a little blurb each time and you document it and you keep it it's very helpful because then you're right on top of it this happened this 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 saving physical evidence keeping threatening notes comments emails you receive even if they're unsigned if there are documents that help prove bullying such as being denied pto requests personal time off overly harsh commentary on work assignment or assigned work and so so but just keep these things in a safe place if you have physical evidence uh, send the email to work uh, send it to your personal email uh, send it uh, print it keep it in a binder along with your other stuff keep documents and, and keep a progressive file on it and keep it where no one knows about it because people find out about it then they're going to take it so maybe you're better off taking this home and leaving it at home instead of at work because people like to snoop Report the bullying. In every workplace, there's legislation on, on bullying. And I know there's, in Canada, there's legislation around that, health and safety. Report the bullying. So your workplace may have a designated person you can talk to. If you don't feel safe talking to your direct supervisor, your human resources is a good place to start. It is also possible to talk about the bullying with someone higher up. If your supervisor is unhelpful or is the, doing the bullying, so you can always try to elevate. There's always a chain of command. You can always do it. I know it's hard and it's stressful, but you know, you may be along with, you may not be the only one being bullied. And sometimes it takes one person to make a change. And if you can do that, that's great. Uh, I've seen some people at my workplace do this and take one person and then the other person backs up. And then a bunch of people come out and say, yeah, I was being bullied or harassed by this person. And it does happen. So another one is confront the bully. If you know who's bullying you, bring a trusted witness, such as a coworker or supervisor, and ask them to stop. If you feel comfortable also doing so, be calm, direct, and polite. So you have to make sure that you don't want to seem like you're being the one, because sometimes the bullies play the poor epitome, you know, oh my gosh, they were bullying me. They try to turn it around. 
So be careful of that. Make sure that you're calm. Keep your emotions in check. Try to maybe, if you're going to do this, take a 24-hour and try to make a plan and try to, try to really think about what you're going to say and try to do it in a polite manner. In a professional manner. Use your professionalism. Absolutely. This person that you're dealing with is obviously not professional, but if you can deal with them and talk to them at a professional level, I'm sure that hopefully will be helpful. Review your work policies. Your employee handbook may have outlined steps of action policies against the bullying. Also consider reviewing the state or even federal policies about what type of bullying you experience. So what I was talking about the health and safety acts, research the federal acts and local acts, state acts, whatever's in your province, state, country. Just make sure that you get some, you review your policies and and know them and even print them off when you go to certain places. That can be a part of your documentation along with your stuff. So if it's getting really serious, you can also take consider legal guidance. You know, seek a lawyer. Consider talking to a lawyer depending on the circumstances of the bullying. Sometimes legal action may not always be possible, but if the lawyer can offer specific advice, at least you know what your rights are and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And then we'll outline it for you. And lawyers are pretty good at this. That's their job. They know the law. So make sure that if you have, even if you have a friend that's a lawyer or someone that's in human resources, talk to them about it. And usually, high percentage of the time, human resource people do know the policies. And and sometimes the bully has been an offender before. So reach out to others. Coworkers may be able to offer support. Sometimes talking to your loved ones about bullying can also help give you a different perspective, a different third party Third-party views. You can also talk to a therapist to help get through this sort of stuff, and they can provide professional support and explore ways to cope with the effects of bullying while you take other actions. So, And if you're a union member, make sure that you have a union representative to also get some guidance and also support, support on how to deal with bullying. So if you're in a union and it's against another union person, you have to tread very lightly sometimes. You can also look at your employer's assistant program, EAP, and it also can help with some resources and various addressing various issues that can affect, you know, affect your mental health and your overall being. So make sure that you look into this. You know, you can have there's also, you know, suicide prevention and different things that you can have if you're having thoughts. And you know, there's a suicide prevention line. 24 hours a day, local. Look it up. Use them if you feel ever feel like that. So legal rights. There currently aren't any laws against workplace bullying in the United States. In Canada, I think there is. Pretty sure that that's why we have occupational health and safety. Is, is there's legislation in that enforces uh, businesses to make sure that they have policies in place in their workplace. How to help when you witness bullying. Here's one. If you witness bullying, speak up. People often say nothing out of the fear they'll become the targets. But ignoring the bully continues the toxic work environment. Workplace policies against bullying can help you know help people make a safer environment about speaking up when they see bullying happen. If you see bullying happen, you can help by offering support. Support could involve acting as a, a witness or a person targeted wants to ask the bully to stop. You can also go to the HR with your coworker. You can offer support, be that 
that confidence booster that, you know, I've seen it, I'm going to support you sort of thing. Very helpful for the person. Listening. If your coworker does not feel safe going to HR, they may feel safe like you listening to what's going on. And often they're looking for validation. Is this going on? Am I crazy? This is not right. You've seen that. This is not right. You can validate a lot of that if it is. And sometimes you can validate whether, well, the worker is just offering you constructive criticism too. So it works both ways. It's a double-edged sword. Reporting the incident. Your account of what happened could help management team realize that there is a toxic environment in the workplace. So reporting an incident, even if the person doesn't want to, I know the person will be upset and doesn't want to be targeted. It's kind of like bullying with kids. A lot of the kids don't want to be, no, don't report it because it'll just target me harder. Well, you have to band together. Staying close to your coworker. When possible, having a supportive coworker near may reduce the instances of bullying, may reduce you know, anxiety, different things that happen. Takeaway of all this is it's a serious issue in a lot of different places. Uh, many, confident, many companies have zero tolerance policy, but sometimes bullying is almost a culture in it, and you have to, you have to put your foot down sometimes, and it's not easy doing this, like being bullied. And There's been some times where I've done it, and I've hurt people's feelings, and I had to be the bigger man, you know, say, you know what, I'm really sorry. Or I've said some hurtful things. So now I'm going to get into the mental health aspects. Mental health harm. Workplace Bullying Institute is kind of a site that I'm looking at. And I've got some information from it. And it talks about bullying is often psychological harassment or violence. What makes it psychological is the bullying impact on the person's mental health and sense of well-being, which is pretty significant. So there's a lot of stressors, a lot of different physical impacts and emotional impacts. So psychological and emotional injuries. Now we've talked about this on several podcasts about not seeing the mental injury. Like the bullies won't see it, no one else will see it. Oh, you're not hurt. But we don't know what's going on in the brain or what's going on emotionally. And a lot of these bullies don't understand the impact they think it's funny, they think it's, you know, a joke. They think, well, I can control the person. Sometimes they have a lot of things going on in their own life and this is a sense of control. If they can control a person, here it's what they desire to do. The biggest thing about this is you have to take care of yourself. Psychological and emotional injuries. Anxiety at 80%, panic attacks at 52%. You have clinical depression to a new or a previous person at 49%. Then there's institutional post-traumatic stress, PTSD, from the abuse. That's at 30%. I remember Nikki, Nikki Broke having on. She got married. She talked about this in my podcast in number four. She talked about institutional PTSD that was from her managers and the type of stress and bullying that she dealt with at that point. Guilt for allowing the bully to control you. Shame, desired result of humiliating tactics by the bully, the sense of deserving. I deserve the bad fate. No, you don't deserve it. Overwhelming sense of injustice. PTSD is a result of the environmental environments that traumatize in those working conditions. And there's little predictability or control. This can, contri- can create an immense overwhelming threat to the person 
often resulting in destruction of his or her own sense of security. Basically, PTSD is known as a war wound. Is actually possible for anybody whose coping mechanisms have been overwhelmed. It happens in child abuse cases, domestic violence cases, and in the workplace. When a worker suffers PTSD in the workplace, the workplace has become basically a work, like a war zone. So please know that these are injuries. Depression starts in the bullying, bullying workers who've never experienced it before. For the person who was previously depressed or successfully managing it, and it accelerates the condition. Bullying causes injuries, psychological. It, it really hurts the person. When we get into bullying and in the economic, these people are off on sick leave because of this. Make sure that if you are having these issues, get some help. People want to listen, they want to help, they want to correct it. Don't think that you're alone. And it's okay that you're not okay. Because in the end of the day, there's someone out there for you. There's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255. Rewind it if you need it. But there's always someone out there. There's always a suicide hotline. There's always someone there to talk to you. Employee assistance program usually is set up on every different company. Hopefully that's, you know, it's what it is. So, I mean, different things, it's just unreal place. I never knew how serious it was until I started looking at it. Excluding your workers, different things like that, and I've seen it. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of studies out there that bullying does take place. I mean, be careful what you do and how you do things to people. Be accountable for your actions, and if you do hurt somebody's feelings, please, please be professional enough to go back and say, you know what, I'm sorry. But a lot of people don't want to do that nowadays. They'd rather just dominate and dominate. And I don't think that's the right idea. So my take on this being bullying in the workplace. Now, I've talked about this before. I've talked about my workplace being bullied. I was bullied by a supervisor for probably five to six years. And this is the point where I was basically mocked. If I'd be brought in for discipline, I'd be mocked and they would come over the table and say, how does that make you feel after they have a bunch of jabs and say, you know, I don't know your job. I think you're the worst person at the job. I don't know why you're, why you're a correction officer. Why are you here? I dealt with that bullying and harassment and intimidation for a lot of years and it impacted me. And I didn't know how to deal with it. No, I tried to deal with it a few times, but it just didn't come back the way I wanted. I didn't have the support. The person was the bully. He was the head supervisor of the whole thing. I was lost, and I was alone, and I had nobody to talk to. How did I make it? I don't know. I don't know. I was negative, a negative Nelly for a lot of years. I was hateful, hated my job, made my points very valid, always resisted management in whatever decision, whether it was good or not. I was hateful. I was put in a position to fail because... I had no support in my system. I find in my workplace now it has changed drastically and how people manage people. There's more empathy, there's more professionalism, there's more focused on delivering the message better, delivering the message so it doesn't sound like you're a complete oof at your job or you're terrible. It's put in a way where these are things I think you need to improve on. I'd like to help you, how can I help you? There's a lot of that now in my workplace. How can we help you? 
there's more focus on mental health. It's starting to become more of a, an issue with correctional officers on a daily basis with, with mental health. And a lot of people, I mean, I brought up and and when I was from other correctional officers, you never show your feelings, you hide them because you don't want to become a weak link or people bugging you or people harassing you or you always had to remain the tough one. So sometimes being the negative person was being tough, putting the shield up and not validating what's going on on the inside. And I struggled with this for years upon years, dealing with the harassment, the bullying. Well, here I am 20 years later and I'm here. I'm in a better place at my workplace than I've ever been. And that's because I, I've chose not to let that dictate who I am today, how I was treated. But now I know how that feels. It's no different than what I was doing, you know, when I was talking to other people about bullying in the workplace and talked about it with many people. And it's, it's a horrific, it's a terrible feeling. But I don't let it define me anymore, that, that moment, that person. And that person knows who he is. And he's done it to numerous people. And I don't know how he got away with it and still gets away with it. How with no accountability and they sweep it under the rug or anything like that. They should be made to apologize. They should be made to, you know, I affected you and I apologize. But there's none of that. I do talk to the person. I've talked to him several times. And I've kept it professional. Kept it very professional and unemotional because I don't want to get violent and I don't want to get hateful and I don't want to do that stuff because that goes against everything that I'm trying to do for myself. I don't want to be put in the situation where I look like the idiot doing lashing back. I have to be the bigger man. I have to step up and I have to find coping mechanisms, which I have being a better correction officer, you know, helping other people, paving it forward. People need a hand, you know, doing little things. Not even if it's my task, I'm still doing stuff because that's what it takes as a team in a place of work. It's teamwork that makes a better workplace. And I think that these people that are bullies need to be held accountable. And I think people need to stand together. And it's not a witch hunt. It's changing the behavior, changing the dynamics to make it a better working place. Because I know my workplace is a negative environment for you to step in there. And I remember those days that were depressing and I did have mild depression and I did have a lot of things and I had nobody to talk to. I didn't want to burden anybody. I didn't want to burden anybody with the dynamics of what I was going through and how I felt. How I made it to this point, stubbornness, you know, willing to work through it and doing what you can do, faking it till you make it, faking that you're okay when you're not. And these, and I'm very fortunate that I've been to the point where I've got through this stuff and I've been an advocate for other people in my workplace. And I'm trying to establish different things in my workplace, trying to be the advocate, trying to have a worker advocate for people that come into mental health issues or any kind of issues that impact their workplace. Because at the end of the day, we only have each other in this workplace and the clients get taken care of, but we don't. So we have to do that for each other. We're, you know, that's the type of mentality I think that we should take, not have that poison work environment and find ways to come out of it and be the solution, don't be the problem. Find the solution, be the solution, be the positive outlook. Don't always look at the negative points, look at the positive things that come out of it. When you have debriefings and critical incidents or anything that happens, Try to take the positive and take it as a learning experience. 
I've learned so much in my 20 years. I've learned so much about what life is and, and how to react and how to be. I'm a better worker now than I've ever been. I've had much more positive comments to me from my supervisor than I've ever had. But that's a change in supervisors. Now, you talked to me about 15 years ago. No, not a bit. I was being bullied. I was being intimidated. I was being harassed. I felt like I was picked on. Anything I did wrong, someone else would do the same thing, but they were getting hauled up front. But I always was. I was always being spoken about different things that I did. The focus was on me. I had an X on my back. I did. I know I did. Because I felt it every day. Tiptoeing on eggshells every day at work. Stressful. Gained weight. Got depressed. Didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to be the person to be the one to do the change. I didn't want to just suffer to my own silence and my stigma. and Just didn't understand what I was going through. Didn't understand why it was happening. Was I that bad of an employee? Was I that terrible? The constant self-checking of how I did as an officer was unreal. And no positive feedback. It was all negative. You're this, you're that. Because the impact of the supervisor on the other supervisors was unreal. It was horrible. I dealt with so much, it was unreal. But I was alone in that struggle. The struggle has taken me to this podcast. And what I've learned is be the one that takes the stand. Be the one that says no. Be the one that makes it wants a good environment to work in. Be the one that steps up for other people that can't talk for themselves because they're feeling as bad as I you did at one time. Be the motivation to change your workplace. Take the positive steps to get rid of the toxic poison environment. Call people on their stuff when they're talking about somebody or they're talking about an issue. Be the one that stands up and talks about how good that person is. They're talking nonsense. Be the one to break up the rock piles of negativity. Be the person that changes your workplace. Because the only way it's going to make you feel better and you're going to take a leadership role and you're going to start developing skills because of what you do and how you're going to be perceived from other people. The professional attitude and the professionalism that you display on a daily basis. You're the one that can change your work environment on a daily basis. Your attitude and how you progress into work, how you deal with people, how you don't take the shenanigans, how you say, you know what, I don't like the way you talk to me. I think you need to change your message. I don't like it. You know, you need to you need to change your ways. Be the one. Don't be the one that sits back and watches other people be abused. Support other people. That's what we have to do in a workplace because we only have each other. It's humanity and it's the right thing to do. What I can take out of this is be the person that changes. And I know you can. You can do this. There's a lot of help out there. There's counseling. If you're going through this stuff, life coaches are absolutely awesome. I know it costs money, but... It's good to have that third party to bring out your great things and your things that you can do and, and what you're good at. And you have to, and you know, complimenting someone because they've done a good job. You know, people deserve to get opportunities because they work hard, because they know what they're doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you want to be as good as the other person, you have to work hard. So in conclusion, and take ownership and control of your own destiny. Be the one that is the one that's the positive. Try to be positive for others. Try to be the rock for others. But don't forget about yourself, self-care, health. In other previous podcasts, I talked about coping mechanisms to help you with anxiety and different things and mental health. Get the help if you need it. 
Don't sit there and suffer in silence because you're not doing yourself any good, your, your spouse, your wife, your kids, your siblings, your coworkers. If you need the help, go get it. But be an advocate. Break your silence. Break the stigma. Mental health is an injury we don't see every day. We don't see it. You go to the hospital, you, you go to the ER, and you see triage, and people put wounds into categories. Mental health is such a different aspect in our society right now, and taking a stand and, and supporting these mental health initiatives is crucial for our society because I don't know how long I suffered with mental health, but I've managed to pull myself out of a dark hole. And I know you can. Just takes time, stubbornness, ambition, willing to change. And I think you can do it. So in conclusion, I just want to say, I know that you can do it. I've done it. I'm the most stubborn person and I can get negative in a hurry, but I've, I've done this. I want to take a little bit of time to also thank my sponsors again. I want to thank River City Fitness, and I want to thank Eastern Tile and Carpet for their sponsorship. It means so much to me that they're on the journey with the mental health journey and breaking the silence and the stigma. It's really nice that businesses take an active role too, so it shows that they're a part of the community. I think it's absolutely awesome. The owners are fantastic. Please check them out if you're a local. But I just want to end this. I want to end this in a positive note. You know, the onus is on you being a leader. How you demonstrate is how people learn how to act in a, in a business and in the workplace and how to be professional. You lead by example. Be the example. So I just want to say thank you very much for listening. Now, February is is a real bad month. Not a bad month. I'm just saying that a lot of depression happens and suicide happens. My next episodes are going to be on suicide. I'm going to look at correctional officer suicide. I'm going to look at a lot of various things. Please share. Please look on my Facebook and like my page. Love it if you did. Chat Club. I want to get worldwide. I want countries. I want everybody talking about it. And if you like my page, I do a lot of sharing through my page with my podcast. And you can share to other people that might be at a time of need or might be a might be an episode that they just need. I've had so many good comments about podcasts that I'm doing. It makes me good when I do this and help people. So make sure that you're being kind to other people. Make sure that you're good to other people. And I thank you very much for listening. And thank you for being loyal to me. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm Alan Hilchey. This is Chapel. And I'm going to talk to you really soon.